Now and Again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. That is cageclub.me. Please play this song on the radio. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, it's now and again. It's the Emotion Minute. We are talking Wayback Machine today. Oh, P.S. I'm with I'm Chris Podcasts, and uh, who are you? Oh, uh, my name is um, Nico. I think right. That's that's me, Nico. Uh, that's the name we're going with this week. Yes. Got to keep the fuzz off your trail. Got to keep that identity, you know, nice, free, and clear. Yes, yes. Um, your new social security card is in the mail. Um, we are going back to the early days of Carly Rae Jepsen. Now, everyone knows Emotion. Um, some of you listening to this probably have heard Dedicated by now. Um, but before that and before the album with Call Me Maybe, she was kind of doing this folky, acoustic kind of thing. It's actually how she came into a Canadian Idol was by plucking away at her acoustic as her audition and singing, of course, her own original song. Um, which is on this album, this album Tug of War. We're doing the title track off of that track too from 2008's Tug of War. We were going like 11 years back. Remember how like we maybe had hope in 2008? Like remember how you thought that we maybe didn't live in a hell world? No, and here's why. Here's why. Because Hellworld, the magic of Hellworld, Hellworld is like it's it's horrible. Hellworld is kind of like um, you don't realize you are not in Hellworld. It's the opposite of Candide. It's Candud, right? Because we're alive in this world, it must be the worst of all possible worlds. And there's your Voltaire reference for the day, or you know, whatever. But I feel like I didn't realize that, man, the world could be worse back in the day. I just thought the world was the world. And now I'm like, yeah. oh, this is Hellworld. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, September 30th, 2018, Tug of War was dropped. Tug of War, the track was the lead single off of it. And the album, I mean, I don't know how this relatively works. It sold 10,000 copies in Canada. That might be like platinum in canada i don't i don't know how many people live in canada and how many of them buy albums platinum is a hundred thousand in canada even in canada they didn't it's not like canadian money it's like one-tenth so gold for them is ten thousand platinum for them is a hundred thousand okay so uh yeah no it is an album that existed it was nominated for uh, a couple of awards at canadian music awards you know those things all tracks on this except a cover of John Denver's Sunshine on My Shoulders, which um, I cannot imagine being good. Carly Rae is the songwriting credit on all of them. So this is a look at the unique like first stages of Carly Rae Jepsen. And I thanks. I hate it. Yeah, I have no interest in finding out who it is you're screwing. I, oh, man. I find myself angry. At, at this song because I want it to be good. <laughs> That's right, folks. We have a bad Carly Rae Jepsen song, but it is it is early in her career. She is probably about 25 when this comes out. Um, and, you know, Nico and I have written a song or two here and there. 
I think if people dug up some of our early songs, especially my, I don't think I wrote a good song until I was about 25. If someone dug up our high school songs, our early releases, I think we would be a little embarrassed as well. Oh, absolutely. There's times where I actively work to like, to like, I, I, I all but send cease and desists when my friends are like, Oh my God, I found this thing of yours. I'm going to put it on my on my Google Drive and send it to people. I'm like, if you fucking put that on the internet, I will burn down my own house and leave a note that frames your family. I'll go after your mom. You put that on the internet, I'm going to send your mom to prison for seven years. I'll cut off two of my own fingers and leave them in her toolbox. Come at me, bitch. And I, I completely understand... And there isn't a single moment of Carly Rae Jepsen's career that even comes close to my worst song. She is, you know what I mean? I am not like, yeah, Carly Rae, suck it. It's more like, (laughs) I think this song reflects a very different atmosphere and a very different time. Pop was very different then. Pop is extremely homogenous now. Ten years ago, it was still still pop, but you had different sounds on the radio. Um, I think... Canada always kind of had its, uh, Canada, Canada's given us a lot of fun little, uh, singer songwriter people. Um, so I think it was an unsurprising try, like for this to be her background is less surprising than finding out like Katy Perry did gospel music. Well, and that's such a funny, I really like how you point that out because, you know, that is one of our go-tos. We love Katy Perry did gospel music. That's one of our big ones <laughs> i think or kesha was the uh the girl on um the, a bunch of flow rider tracks like yeah. she's the backup studio vocalist um you know everyone's got to start somewhere it's just that uh, it's very 2008 but like not great 2008 like closing credits of gray's anatomy not quite latte gaze but we're not far from that can i just tell you how proud i am that we made that happen yeah we have a we have like a decent vocabulary on this show. We we have definitely uh, added a couple of words to somebody's vernacular. And I'm proud of what we've done. Uh, but I think one of the things that I want to say that I'm walking away from this from this particular experiment most with, because like I love that we've been experimenting with Carly Rae's complete discography. I think it's saying something really interesting that we're willing to go back because I keep uh, threatening to Kevo that I'm going to make him <laughs> do a Tori Amos podcast with me where we do each album in order. And, you know, he's so good about it. He's like, yeah, okay, I'd do it. Sure, why not? But, you know, it's it's more like if we're going to do that, I want to be able to justify the, the project. But I would even want to do her 80s hair metal album, Why Can't Tori Read? Because... It's not just about celebrating only the good things. It's okay to look at the mistakes your heroes have made as well, because they're not your heroes because they've never made a mistake. They're your heroes because you love something they've done, or you connect with their art in some way. But to think that your heroes could never make a mistake, or to think that they could never show any kind of weakness, and could never fuck up that's just not how we play things so i love that we're taking a look at this song that i don't think is very good <laughs> <laughs> no um but I, I do have some decent things to say about it and we're not condemning carly ray jepson for having a bad um like post 
um, uh, post-Canadian, I was going to say American, post-Canadian Idol album. We've talked about how you can't have a good record if you were signed by um, the game show that you won or placed in. Um, so, like, this was kind of just a continuation of the persona that Canadia knew from her time on that show as well. So there might be some of that playing up. I do think that there are signs of the Carly Rae Jepsen we know in the song. Um, I think she knows how to write a really good fucking hook. Oh, and yeah. you can see that from the first song we've looked at off of this early album. I super agree. I don't think that we ever complain that even, you know, when we green room, because I'm not like, you know, I don't think in the entirety of our lives, but no, I don't think we (laughs) ever in the green room come at her about thinking, you know, even her worst song is bad. No, her worst song tends to be a little thin, but I don't ever walk away from a song by Carly Rae going, man... I really wish someone would send her to songwriting camp. Exactly. Th- though these lyrics, um, again, we're doing this kind of cutesy latte gaze thing somewhere. I think you mentioned Kobe Calais. I think maybe even, um, I think early Taylor Swift is probably starting to blow up around now. We're probably looking at those two as contemporaries. Um, so you can see where this is, but these lyrics, man, like, <sighs> don't go out with the boys tonight. I won't sleep a wink wondering what you're doing. Don't go out with the girls tonight. I will turn to drink, wondering who you're screwing. I, I just, I don't know. Who is this for? Like, honestly, who is this song for? I think it's too catchy to be Latte Gaze, and I think it's too not kids boppish enough for the people who would glom onto her when Call Me Maybe drops in a couple of years. Who is this for? I'm pretty, this is for a very specific subset of gay dude. <laughs> go on. This is for a very specific gay dude market who's like, I just want you to know that I'm not upset that you're seeing my ex. It's not like a huge deal. I mean, I think you could do better. I mean, I think they could do. I mean, you could either one of you could be with me, but it's no big deal that you're not because like I'm going to I'm going to be okay. I'm I'm already okay, right? Like I'm not even going to be okay. I feel like when people say they're going to be okay, you know they're not okay, but like I'm okay, right? I'm not you just you just go on out and you have a good time. Don't even No, I'm fine. Just you just go, don't even. I've got this. I've I've got this. Don't even worry. And then the person goes out at, with with the person's ex and they go home and the person is, you know, they call their best friend. The guy's like are you kidding? I can't believe they went out. And now I'm home and I'm drinking and I'm like, who's banging who? It's that guy. I have fucked every one of that <laughs> no, guy. You weren't fucking around. You said a very specific, like, I'm shocked you didn't name him. <laughs> Them. That was pretty specific. Yes, um, I, I, I guess that that is that subset. I feel like that subset... There's, like, someone who's doing a Mandy Moore podcast, and they describe something very, very similar, and that is you. Like, you're, you're that Bizarre World version for someone else. Aww. Well, that's touching. <laughs> is it, though? Um, you seem too good to be true. I'm loving you longer, longer than I'm used to. I don't. I honestly don't even know what the song is about. Um, it kind of just seems like a bunch of stuff... No, I have no idea. ...thrown together, a bunch of ideas from the, the journal put to... A catchy hook, a decent beat, a horrible chorus. Do you want to talk this chorus? No. I actually think the chorus, the... Is the worst part of the song. Oh, by far. 
we, we, we've talked on these episodes before and on future episodes that are coming about her high range. Don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't do a whole course up there. No, stay away. And I, I would recommend um, most artists not do that because it, uh, like, I, I hate the chorus, and this happens sometimes, the chorus that is less catchy than the verse. Like, that's not how you write music. I mean, like, I know it, you, it's fine, there's no rules to this, but, like, this was clearly pooped out to capitalize off of Canadian Idol, so it is a mainstream pop thing. And it just, like, just makes fundamental errors in production and, like, tenets of pop songwriting that make it, like, a little catchy, but the stuff that you want to be catchy isn't catchy, and the chorus shouldn't take you out of the song. You shouldn't be waiting for the chorus to get over. That is a bad pop song. That's... Like, I've actually made a comment about songs like that before. Like, I feel like that way about Lenny Kravitz's Mm. Again. That came up in an episode of Now and Again. Like, I hate that. I hate that feeling where I'm like, no, get back to the cool part, the verse. What? Exactly. And the instrumentation is just like, you know, it is kind of that bubbly latte gaze we're talking about. Piano, acoustic, a little drum action. The drums, I think, do vibe pretty well um, in the verse. Again, the verse is really the only thing that supports the song, uh, carries into anything. Like, there's, there's, it's catchy. Like, you'll, you might have some of that verse in your head. There, there is a hook there. There's an appreciable hook. There's hints of the Carly we know now. I, I, I'm very nervous about going back and exploring this album anymore. I think it has to, it's probably like it's worse than this. Oh, I, I really agree that this has to be one of the standout tracks. Not because it's the title track and that means something, but because it's the title track and that means something. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I saw there's there's another single um, off of this called Bucket, which is a very uh, evocative... Um, yeah. Very evocative. Yep. <laughs> like, come on. Like, <laughs> bucket. <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's just... There's nothing that hooks you. There's nothing that grabs you. I hope that it's actually, like, I, <laughs> I hope that, like, it's, uh, I remember very specifically that there's a, and I think I've made fun of it on the show before, but there's an early Destiny's Child song from the writings on the wall where they sample, um, <laughs> this old man, and it, uh, singing, uh, sexy boy, you're so fly, I just might give you a try. I'm gonna write your number in the palm of my hand. Oops, I forgot Whoa. I got a man. Whoa. Right? I, um, and then there's I've been leveled by that. All of, oh, yeah. And then there's, um, <laughs> there's a, there's a Fergie song where she goes, your pedestal is falling down, falling down, falling down. Your pedestal is falling down. And it's the track after London Bridge on the album. Oh, I was going to say. I was going to say because didn't she have a song? Yeah, okay. So, um... Cute. Yeah. So, like, don't get me wrong, right? Uh, I... Wait, why was I talking about this? Oh, no. Because it samples, uh, well, the, the bucket song samples a nursery rhyme called There's a Hole in My Bucket. Right, so that, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for saving me, thank you. Um, and yeah. I, I understand, I understand, but like, I can't help but my first thought being like, there once was a song from Nan Bucket. <laughs> and I also can't help but wonder what if yeah. it was like a toy product tie-in, and she's like, I'm Mrs. Bucket. The balls pop out of my mouth, a Mrs. Bucket. Out of my mouth, they will pop a Mrs. Bucket. Buckets of fun. I feel like it's a very different record. I don't know if there was a Mrs. Bucket. Uh, like, it's just like the bucket with a bow in her hair. 
It's like Mrs. Pac-Man. Yeah. Uh, but it's got more yonic symbolism on the bucket itself. <laughs> a lot more moons. It's a little bit pinker. Uh, the bucket itself actually, so you know, the bucket itself actually only costs 79 cents on the dollar uh, and has to put in way more hours of play to make the same amount as a regular Mr. Bucket. Every time Mrs. Bucket goes on Twitter, she gets 30 other buckets telling her how to do her job better. Also, it's really scary because right now people are desperately going after Mrs. Bucket's handle rights. Some people are pro-handle, some people like to call it anti-handle. I just don't understand everything. Just let Mrs. Bucket make her own fucking decisions. Extremely online beleaguered Mrs. Bucket may be my favorite character we've ever invented. Oh, and you know what? It wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for... If we weren't even talking about the same song anymore, um, but if it wasn't for a bad song called Tug of War off of Carly Rae Jepsen's first album, then <laughs> Mrs. Bucket wouldn't have uh, made us billions of dollars. I'm assuming, since you're listening to this in the future, we are millionaires by the time um, this episode is dropped because of our uh, Mrs. Bucket marketing campaign. On that note, cageclub.me for more podcasts. Now and again, cast at gmail.com. If, you are, if you're taking the emotion minute, I think it's a bit of an experiment we're working on. I think every episode's getting a little... A little better, or well, I mean, until this one. Um, if you're still listening, if you're still listening, I don't know why, but um, at Chris Podcasts on Twitter, uh, tell me if you like this, if you hate it. Um, just, uh, I, I'm sorry. Um, that was Tug of War. It's not good. That's Nico Vasillo. I'm, uh, I'm what's left of Chris Podcasts. Catch on the flip side.